I'll let you know. Go be good though. Oh, good. Yeah, I got a surprise. So may tr- so if you if you old school church folk, you may be a little shocked, but that's okay. You're gonna be all right. That's how we do it at Mission House. We shock people. Especially you've been overly churchified, and so we're here to get some of that out of you. So uh, we're going to help you out a little bit this morning uh, when we get to that. Uh, but for our younger people who are in tune, or even our old school uh, elders here who are in tune with the culture, uh, you'll be blessed by what we're going to have to talk about uh, today. Amen. Turn with me to Psalm 35. It's interesting that they sung that song because it fits in with this uh, particular uh, passage that we'll be reading uh, this morning that we'll be investigating and learning from. We're actually starting a new series uh, for the month of June called Anthem. Anthem. We'll talk a little bit about what that means. Uh, Psalm uh, 35, I'll be reading from the NIV. I'll just be reading three verses to, to kick it off uh, the series uh, this morning. And uh, we'll start with this. Contend, Lord, with those who contend with me. Fight against those who fight against me. Take up shield and armor. Arise and come to my aid. Brandish spear and javelin against those who perceive me. Say to me, Lord, I am your salvation. Say to me, Lord, I am your salvation. God, speak to me, Lord, and tell me, Lord, that you will save me. Amen. This is God's word. I pray uh, God's blessing on the word this morning, Father. Bless your people, God. Fill us afresh with your, your spirit, God. God, we pray that these words will be seeds in the heart of your people, God. That there'll be a people of resilience, a people, God, that will find encouragement today, God, in the struggle that they may find themselves, Lord. Lord, you speak to your people today as they learn to sing the songs, the anthems of the kingdom of God, Father, in their lives. God, we thank you for all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, some of y'all know I grew up in Birmingham, Alabama. Specifically, I grew up in Tarrant, Alabama, which is just outside of Birmingham. It was, it was weird because the side of the street I lived on was Tarrant. The other side was Birmingham. So I always claimed Birmingham, right? I spent most of my time because I'll go the other side of the street or down the street into Birmingham where we live. But my mama going to remember this. I, I didn't know she was coming this weekend when I was preparing this sermon a couple weeks ago. And I was going to use this story. So my mama remembered this. I was in the band, y'all. Right? Tarrant High School Band. And so Tarrant was a, a very a multiracial uh, high school, like 60, 40. 60 white, 40 black. And so we had a lot of black folk, a lot of white folk. And so I was in the band. So our band director was white, which, you know, ain't nothing wrong with that. It's just that, you know, like all the surrounding schools around me, all the black bands, you know, they stepped. Anybody in marching band? We marched core style, which is the white style, right? That's, that's how we looked at it as kids, right? We looked at it. And so my mama remember this. So we played mostly white schools, but there was one black school that we had to play. It was Woodlawn. Y'all probably saw it in the movie, Woodlawn. Woodlawn was an all-black school. And this is during the 80s. And so uh, all the black kids in the band didn't want to play in the band that night. We all boycotted. We was like, we are not. Mommy, remember this? Yes, she does. And so we, we boycotted. We was like, we are not going out there, and they band going to kill us. 
And so, y'all, we went out there, man, and we, we, the, 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 the guest band would play first. And so we're sitting in the end zone waiting for them to play. Because we were tight, you know. And, and the song we were singing, y'all, we were singing Disneyland songs. Specifically, we, we opened up with Whistle While You Work. Do, 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 do. And so we all watching on the field singing. You know, before, the, before we did it, I'm thinking, man, we got to sing Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. So we're sitting in that parade rest out there in the end zone. And the Woodlawn band go hit the field. And... They started singing, make it last forever. They started singing, keep sweat. And keep sweat was a, it was a joint back then, right? It was the late 80s, mid 80s, mid to late 80s. And I was like, oh my God. But see, before that though, before we, we showed up, before I even went to the band, to the band room, to the band field, I remember telling my mama, I am not going. And I remember sitting there in the front, and, and I don't know if you remember, this was in the living room. And I think Miss Collier called you. Did she call you? I can't remember. I think my band director called my mom. And she, said, she called all the black parents. She's like, can you please make sure that Anthony shows up because he's one of our strong saxophone players, right? And so my mama said, you are going to that, you are going to that game. You're going to play in that field. And I was like, no, no. And so I remember I went because my mom was like, you made a commitment. And I'm like, okay, mom. Amen. That's what good parents do. They make you follow through with your commitments. Amen. You don't let your kids fall off their commitments. If they said they're going to do something, you tell them this is what you're going to do. Amen. And so I went, and, yo, they did, they, they did Keith Sweat. They did, I don't know, they did Two Live Crew. I don't know, they did a whole bunch of stuff, like old school hip-hop. They just, they had that, you know, and the drum made twirling and dancing and doing the cabbage patch, and we go out there. Do, 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 do. Whistle while you work. Do, 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 do. <laughs> and y'all, I was sitting in, I remember playing, and all the black kids in the school in the, in the, in the stand were laughing at us. They were laughing at, look at Ed, ah, y'all corny, y'all nerdy. I was like, man. But the thing that made me go out in the field, y'all, because I was glad my mama made me win. Because we had a we had a uh, what we call a fight song. Anybody played band or went to high school uh, football games? You had a fight song that you had to play to get the crowd stoked up, right? It started off with the drum the drum line. We had a killer drum line. You know, we played some corny music, I think. We 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 had a strong drum line, and they go do 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 do. I can't do it all right, and so. But I remember going on that field being nervous, but I remember being fortified by the fight song. And I can't remember all the words to the, white, to the fight song. I think it was called Go Wildcats or something like that. It was Tarrant High School. So anybody, Tarrant, watching on Facebook Live, y'all tell me what the name of the song is. I can't remember what it is. Go Wildcats or something like that. But it, it, the fight song, because we played it every Friday night, it, gave, it, it did something on the inside of us. It reminded us of our commitment to our band, to our team, to make sure that we are, are inspiring or trying to inspire with the songs that we're playing, uh, but to, to fortify them, to remember their, their commitments or whatever, to, 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 to do their best in the game. And so I remember that's the only thing that, that actually pushed me onto the field, was feeling like, okay, I made a commitment. We sang this song. We've done this fight song, and we did it. 
Now, of course, we got talked about for weeks. So as I read this psalm uh, in this passage in Psalm 35, that story came to me. But also uh, what really inspired me was several weeks ago, (coughs) I was uh, watching interviews uh, with Beyonce. And she came out with this documentary of her concert at Coachella, right? And she basically just took it over, right? They call it Baychella now, right? They're saying Baychella, amen? And so she, she sung this song. But before we play the song, though, the thing is, the thing is that I, I captured from Psalm 35, as we read it, we'll get into this. Psalm 35 is a fight song. It's asking God to fight for us. Amen. It's also uh, what a fight song is. It's also an anthem, an anthem, an anthem, an anthem. I want you. I want you to play this. This is an anthem that some of y'all may be familiar with. Oh, okay. So, a fight song. We're gonna play it in just a moment. A song used to inspire enthusiasm, usually during an athletic competition. In the United States and Canada, sports, Canadian sports, a fight song is a song associated with a team in both professional and amateur sports. Fight songs are a popular way for fans to cheer for their team and also are laden with history. And singing a fight song, fans feel a part of a large time-honored tradition. They feel like they are part of a larger story. They feel like they are part, if you will, a larger movement in history. Mm. Although the term fight song is primarily used in the United States, the use of fight songs is commonplace around the world, but they also may, they may also be referred to as team anthems, team songs or game song in other countries. A fight song is an anthem, an anthem. An anthem reminds us of all that we cherish and all that we believe and all that we aspire to in this world. And so when we sing anthems, we're reminded of all those things that, that shape us and that we believe and what we aspire to, what we hope to. Those songs, those anthems remind us of those things. Amen. So are we want to, are we ready? That's what's up. All right, here we go.
that song? Do y'all recognize that song? What song is that? The Black National Anthem, amen, also called uh, Lift Every Voice and Sing. <clears throat> Lift every voice and sing till earth and heaven ring. Ring with the harmonies of liberty. Let our rejoicing rise high as the listening skies. Let it resound loud as the rolling sea. Sing a song full of faith that the dark past has taught us. Sing a song full of the hope that the present has brought us. Facing the rising sun of our new day begun, let us march on till victory is one. Y'all said y'all recognize this. This is called, the song uh, is called Lift Every Voice and Sing. Amen. It was first written as a poem created by James Weldon Johnson. It was performed for the first time by 500 school children in celebration of President Abraham Lincoln's birthday on February 12, 1900 in Jacksonville, Florida. The poem was set to music by Johnson's brother, which the rendition y'all often hear in churches and meetings and so forth. Uh, uh, his brother, John Rosamond Johnson, and soon adopted by the NAACP, which means the National Association for the Advancement of Colored People, as its official song. Today, Lift Every Voice and Sing is one of the most cherished songs of the African-American Civil Rights Movement and is often referred to as the Black National Anthem. Rich history. We're talking about anthems. In her book, Anthem, Social Movements, Dr. Shana Redmond describes the power and meaning of an anthem of song, anthem song. She says, music is a method beyond its many pleasures. Music allows us to do and imagine things that may otherwise be unimaginable. Let me say it again. Music is a method. Beyond its many pleasures, music allows us to do and imagine things that may otherwise be unimaginable or seem impossible. It is more than sound. It is a complex system of meanings and ends that mediate our relationships to one another, to space, to our histories and historical moment. The movement of music, not simply in response to its rhythms, but toward collective action to make this world a better place or worse place. An anthem, this is me just kind of explaining what I just read. An anthem gives us the eyes and ears to imagine the impossible. In an anthem, the impossible becomes possible in our hearts. The impossible in an anthem, in a song, what we think is impossible, we begin to imagine it in our hearts. And then when it becomes impossible to imagine in our hearts, we begin to think, maybe we can do this. In an anthem, we sing the impossible. In an anthem, we sing the impossible into existence, first in our imaginations. It helps us first to imagine something different. If I could just sing it, if I could just sing it, I can imagine it. And if I can imagine it, I can do it. If we can imagine it, if we can imagine, not just if you can imagine it, but if we can imagine it, we can do it. 
Dr. Redman speaks about, specifically about Lift Every Voice. She gives this history of all these different anthems within the black, within black culture and history. And she, she hones in on Lift Every Voice. She says, through Lift, this was a shortened version of Lift Every Voice, James Weldon highlighted the shared conditions experienced by black people and championed the strength and resolve of the collective to preserve through, to preserve through them. James Weldon Johnson, from the, from the poem and the song, he says, Stony the road we trod, bitter the chastening rod, felt in the days when hope unborn had died. Mm -mm. Yet with a steady beat, have not our weary feet come to the place for which our fathers sighed? Have we come over a way that with tears has been watered? We have come treading our path through the blood of the slaughtered out of the gloomy past. Till now we stand at last where the white gleam of our bright star is cast. Lift every voice is a fight song. A song for the struggle of black folks in this country. In our passage this morning, Psalm 35, it is a fight song. In our Bible verse this morning, Psalm 35, we encounter what writer Eric Zinger calls a psalm of vengeance. He says this, as poetic prayers, the psalms of vengeance are a passionate clinging to God. Psalms of vengeance, we're going to say fight songs, are a passionate clinging to God when everything really speaks against God. For that reason, they can rightly be called psalms of zeal. Or fight. Zeal for the fight. You never look at folk, they say, man, they ain't got no fight in them. You know what I mean? So this is what this psalm is. Whoever wrote this psalm has some fight in them. But they wanted God to fight for them because they had fight in them. Mm. To ask God to fight for you is not uh, bowing down. It is not giving up. It is not playing the, the coward. It is not playing the weak position, but it's realizing there's a, there's a greater power at work in the world. The Bible says, he that is in you is greater than he that's in the world. Mm. But Zinger continues, he says, for that reason, they can rightly be called psalms of zeal to the extent that in them, passion for God is aflame. In the midst of the ashes of doubt about God and despair over other human beings, these psalms are the expression of a longing that evil and evil people may not have the last word in history. You sing these songs, these fight songs, these anthems because you realize that whatever is going on around you, whatever circumstances going on around you, whatever people are trying to get at you, guess what? They don't have the last word over your life. But that God has the last word. Mm. They do not have the last word in history. For this world and its history belong to who? God. Come on now, saints. Uh, history belongs to God. Amen. God has the last word. I don't care who in the White House. They do not have the last word. God has the last word. I don't care who's in the Senate. God has the last word. I don't care who in the state house. God has the last word. I don't care who in your job, who in your office. I don't care who your manager and your supervisor is. I don't care who your employees are. I don't care who the police think they are. God has the last word. 
I don't care who your naysayers are. God has the last word. Why? Because history belongs to God. Thus to use, uh, and it gets all technical, y'all. You know, we got to get a little deep. Thus to use theological terminology. These songs are realized theodicy. They affirm God. In other words, they affirm God by surrendering the last word to God. They give to God not only their lament about their desperate situation, but also the right to judge the originators of their situation. They leave everything in God's hands, even feelings of hatred and aggression. This week, so several of us sat down together and watched When They See Us. Raise your hand if you've seen it yet. If not, I totally understand why you decided not to see it. When They See Us. Ava DuVernay's four-part series on the Central Park Five, who were falsely accused of assault, rape, and attempt murder. It's very, very moving, very powerful, theatrical, cinematic expression of not just these young men's plight, which was powerful in of themselves, but also it, it, it was an indictment on the very society in which we live that is created systematically, architecturally, from its systems, governmentally, politically, socially, economically, for the subjugation and dehumanization of black folk. And so as you sat there, she, she just gave this very powerful cinematic performance and swept you into it. And you just felt all the emotions of anger and helplessness. And you felt hopeless at certain points. You were like, my God. You start feeling angry. He's like, man, what are we going to do? How are we going to fight this system? And so these songs, imprecatory songs is what they call them. These songs of zeal. These songs of vengeance. These anthem songs that David would sing when his enemies were encamped about him. Where they were surrounding him in Israel. He would sing these songs unto God. Realizing that ultimately at the end of the day, God, if you don't move. God, if you don't give us the capacity to fight, it ain't going to happen. That's why when folks sing, lift every voice. In the midst of that struggle, guess what it gave them? Fight. It gave them resolve. That song started with that brother singing with school children. And it spread like wildfire throughout the black community. Because we were in a struggle. We needed ways to lift up our voices to sing new songs versus the songs that were around us, versus the words and the lies and the false stories that were told about us. We had to sing something to counter that. Even though we were outmatched politically, economically, militarily, there was no way that black folks could launch a revolution. But they began to sing songs like this. And so... They leave everything in God's hands, even feelings of hatred and aggression. These songs do not arise from the well-tempered psychological state of people from whom every scrap of sensitivity and emotion has been derived out. On the contrary, they are serious about the fundamental biblical conviction that in prayer we may say everything, literally everything, if only we say it to God who is our father and our mother. God is a father and mother, come on now. See, brothers and sisters, 
I need an answer. <laughs> you need an answer. We need an answer. So I was asking, I said, God, how do we, I was trying to understand, y'all, I was just laboring in my meditation and my thoughts. I was like, God, when I saw scripture, when, when Moses and the children of Israel came across the Red Sea, and, and, and they were standing there, and they saw Pharaoh's army uh, coming, get ready to come across. And then they were like, God, uh, how are we going to do this? And then Moses, God spoke to Moses and told him what to do with the staff and the rod and the Red Sea and all that. And then, God, then Moses turns to the people of Israel, and he says, stand and see the salvation of God. God will fight for us. Of course, y'all know the rest of the story. In the story, the Pharaoh and his army crossing the Red Sea is closed in on them. And I was like, God, can we do that today? Can we get a metaphorical Red Sea or a Red Sea, a little Red Sea to drown out these systems, these modern-day pharaohs? But I got this little insight. I was like, God, what does it mean, God? I don't understand. What are we doing when we ask you, God, that you will fight for us? I was, I was really wrestling with this, y'all. Because I don't want to tell y'all, all right, y'all go ahead and pray God for fight for y'all and nothing happens. I'm just going to keep it real with you. <laughs> I was like, God, I can't just tell these people to tell them to pray, to ask you to fight for them and nothing happens. And I was like, God, how do you fight for us? How do you fight for us? Then I got a little insight. Thank God for the Holy Spirit. God fights for us. This is just a little nugget. I don't know how there's more to this truth, I'm sure. But God will fight for us when God gives us an anthem. God is fighting for us. This is when we know God is fighting for us. When God drops a song in your heart. I'm talking about God. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. There's been moments in your life when you are in the middle of a struggle, you are in circumstances, you are in situations, you don't know how you're going to get out of this, you don't know, if, there's no light at the end of the tunnel, it's just, it's just ultimate darkness. All you see is nothing, and out of nowhere, out of seemingly nowhere, you didn't even ask for it, something begins to bubble up. Or a song comes to mind. That's God. God will give you a song for the season that you're in. Some of us are stuck because we haven't heard the song yet. God will give you a fight song, amen. God will give you an anthem for your heart to lift you up, to begin to sing of the future in your challenging present. God will give you a melody of resistance. God will give you a rebel song. God will give you an anthem for revolution. See, the rebellion, the revolution must start in your mind and heart first. You got to sing songs of rebellion until you become the rebellion. And what are you rebelling against? You are rebelling with the lies. Are you rebelling against the false stories? You, begin, you, you, are, you are rebelling against the false uh, in, 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 in beliefs that, have been, that you have believed about yourself. 
you are rebelling against the things that are lies and false about that you believe about yourself and what other people have said about you. You're rebelling against a limited imagination. See, the rebellion, the revolution must, must first start in your mind and heart. See, see, you got to sing the revolution until you become the revolution. You got to sing the rebellion until you become the rebellion. This is why praise is so important. We talked about this last week. We talked about praise being an acknowledgement of God, right? An acknowledgement of God. See, you got to sing praise until your life becomes praise. Amen. What do I mean by this? You got to sing an acknowledgement of who God is until your life becomes an acknowledgement of who God is and what God is doing in the world. This is why we praise. This is why we worship because of how great God is, but also to become that which God intends us to be. That's why the old ancient saints would say prayers work, praises work. That's why they call worship, the word worship comes in the word liturgy, which is the Greek word liturgia, which literally means the work of the people. What's the work? The work is to become what God desires us to be. The work is to, is to be what God intends for us to be in this world. So you got to sing the revolution to become the revolution. But see, God will give you a fight song. God will give you a fight song. You ain't got one yet? Wait for it. God will give you a fight song. Ain't going to be no whistle while you work. Sorry, Miss Collier, if you're watching this. My band teacher, director, and it won't be whistled by you while you work. You want to know what that song going to be like? Ask yourself this question. This is when you know this is what that song going to look like. This is the question you got to ask yourself. What opposes you? What overwhelms you? What pushes you to the ground? What steps all over you? What makes you shrink back from being all that God made you to be in this world, your most beautiful and true self? What shrinks you back? That's what your fight song is fighting against. What is armed? What is arrayed against you? What is trying to strategize and build this army up around you? What opposes you? David said, contend, Lord with those who contend with me. Fight against those who fight against me. Take up a shield, God, and armor. It's like he asking God, God, shield up. Uh, get armored up, God. We need you. He's talking like God, like God's a soldier. Amen. He's, asking, he's talking like God is, God is a foot soldier. He's like, God, shield up, God. Put your armor on, God. I need you to go fight before me. Brandish spear and javelin against those who pursue me. Say to me, I am your salvation. The message says this, harass these hecklers, God. The message in Psalm 35, 1 through 3, God, harass these hecklers. Punch these bullies in the nose. God, grab a weapon, anything at hand. Stand up for me, God. 
Get ready to throw the spear. Aim the javelin, God, at the people who are out to get me. Reassure me. Let me hear you say, God, I'll save you. See, see, this week uh, I've had this song. You know, we talk about earworms, right? That song that you hear and you're trying to figure out you've been singing it all day. You don't know where it came from until you heard a co-worker was singing it. It just kind of got into your ears like an earworm, right? There was a song in the past couple of weeks that's been on my playlist. And we can play at the end of, our, at the end of our service. It's by this sister named Nicole is Music. Nicole is Music. And the song is called Fight. And she says this. In the song, she says, I need you to hold on because you're going to win. I need you to stand tall no matter how long it's been. Don't get weary. The struggle don't last always. The victory is yours and mine. You're going to win. And she says, and she has this very beautiful way of saying fight, fight, fight. To win, God will give you fight, y'all. This ain't, this ain't a matter of you producing something of your own strength and will. Paul said that my strength is made perfect. My weakness is made perfect in his strength. Amen. So it's God's strength. It is God's fight. Can you imagine for just a moment? Uh, 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 uh. Can you imagine just a moment in your weak self, in, in, your, in your human frame, when you get heaven's fight, can you imagine that for just a moment in your head, in your, imagine, in your heart, in your imagination? What does it look like to have the fight of heaven? When God just gives us a little taste, the Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Amen. Taste and see. Can you imagine what it's like to get a little taste of God's fight? Mm. That's what happens when God gives you that song. You can fight. You don't even know where it's coming from. You don't know where the reserves are. You don't even know where the energy and the will is coming from. God then gave you a song. Fight. She continues. She says, stand in the mirror and dry your last tear. Encourage yourself and break the fear. Hold on. Don't you give up. Stand strong. You can make it. Don't you know who you are? It's going to work out in your favor. Hold on. Don't give up. Stand strong. You can make it. You got to know who you are. It's going to work in your favor. You got to know who you are. You are God's child. You are God's creation. No, I don't care what's going on around you. I don't know what's going on in you. If you got your own issues or whatever it is, you got to know who you are. You are God's child. Every anthem that God gives you will remind you, one, who God is but also remind you of who you are and whose you are. You got to fight, brothers and sisters. You got to fight, saints. God will give you the song. Hmm. Push through the hurt, through the pain, through the fire, through the rain. 
it's going to be all right. I ain't saying it ain't going to hurt. I ain't going to say it ain't going to be no pain. I ain't saying you ain't going to be sad and depressed. I ain't saying none of that. God will give you a fight even when you sad, even when you crying. God will give you a fight even when you don't, you're depressed. You don't even see the end of the road. God will give you a fight even when you feel bad and you're in the pit. God will give you a fight in the pit. I'm not talking about Hollywood ending here. There's another song by this brother, Uncle Reese. I think I talked about it last week. His name is Uncle Reese. He's a gospel singer. It's a pretty cool song. But he talks about, his, there's a song he, it's called Love You Forever. And he says in the song, he says, I love you forever. He says, even when it doesn't, even if it doesn't get better. I said, okay, now I know I ain't popular. Because right? a lot of our anthems in church is about the Hollywood ending. It's about the denial of reality. Amen. It's about saying, you know, yeah, I got a testimony. God delivered me for all these things. You know how people give them say their testimony, right? I want to to get them testify like, God, uh, uh, yeah, I'm still struggling. My testimony is God ain't done with me yet. <laughs> and guess what? If you're really bold, he probably ain't going to get done with me to the other side of the grave. Some of y'all in struggles, there may not ever be a resolution in this life. I'm just keeping it real with you. I'll still love him. I still love Jesus. People forget about this. We follow Jesus. Y'all remember that passage when Paul says uh, to the Greeks, the gospel is scandalous. 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 <laughs> Scandalous is foolishness to the Greeks. Scandalous, right? Y'all want to know why? Because the Christians run around telling people to follow a king who failed. So they're like, what? Jesus didn't fail? Yeah, he did. He got crucified. What king gets crucified? And then Christians had the audacity to say, yeah, he failed, but he was victorious. See, what the world called failure in the kingdom, we call it victory. See, the Christian imagination, those who follow Jesus, our imaginations have been too shaped by the world around us, by American society, by the American dream, by uh, all these, these fairy tales and things that we've been told as citizens of this country. The reality is that in the kingdom of God, kingdom of God, the victory looks like failure. But the reason why he was crucified is because he represented something different called the kingdom of God. His death was victory. His failure was victory. So what I'm saying is, when you sing a song as an anthem, you ain't got to sing these if you're on a mountaintop. Matter of fact, the best songs are the ones when you're in deep failure. Some of y'all felt miserably this week. Some of, our, some of y'all was not your best self this week. Come on, tell the truth, shame the devil, come on. There was moments this week I was not my best self. Amen. I made some tragic mistakes this week. But guess what? 
I can still sing. I, I got a fight in me that I don't understand how it got there. Continue to fight. Continue to fight. Continue to fight. And continue to fight. And then, you know, and, and, you know, we do, some of us do activist work in this community and other places. There's a chant that we say when we're out in the middle of the street. I'm, I'll never forget. We were talking about this this week. Me and, me and Ash, me and Ash and a couple other folks went down to the Charlotte Uprising. Y'all remember that, the Charlotte Uprising? Um, uh, a brother had got shot. It was an officer-involved shooting. And so several activist groups, hundreds of people, like maybe a couple thousand folk, were marching through the city without permit. And so we literally we were breaking the law. And so... The, uh, the governor sent the National Guard down there. And so here we are with all kind of folk marching the streets downtown, uptown Charlotte, because they don't call it down, downtown Charlotte, they get mad to say downtown, uptown Charlotte. And there's National Guard. And we know, we realize at this moment, there's, there's a certain point, anybody been on the, in the center of Charlotte, in the cor- right in the center where Trade and Tryon is, where they got those statues on the four corners right there? Right, so it's nighttime we're here, right? And so they got National Guard lined up on the streets right there. And so I'm thinking, I'm looking at Ash, looking at other people. I'm like, yo, if somebody do the wrong thing, and we ain't got no guns, all we got is belts and shoes and our clothes. Somebody throw a rock or a brick, hit one of them National Guardsmen, we going down. But I never forget this scene. As we're going across, as we're walk, marching down the city, right? Yo, Tony was scary, y'all. She was like, she was scary, y'all. She was worried. <laughs> I thought she was here. She, she, she. With no weapons, no sticks, no rocks, no nothing. All we had was our voices and our feet. We began to chant this, I believe that we will win. I believe that we will win. And, we're, and, we're, and while we're chanting this, you got the police, you got helicopters, you got tank-like vehicles falling behind us, all around us. And I'm like, why are we even singing this? Clearly they won. And y'all, the other thing they did, y'all, they had, these, they had this technology where they shut down all our phone signals. And so we couldn't call nobody out. We couldn't do any kind of live, Facebook or Twitter or anything. And so here we are. We are complete. It's just us, our voices, and our feet. But we begin to sing. I believe that we will win. I believe that we will win. And we know that that city still struggles today, but it forced a whole bunch of things to change in the city of Charlotte. There's some more work to be done in Charlotte, to be sure, but it was just folk that was armed with their feet and their voices who had some kind of fight in them. I believe it was sacred. I believe it was divine. That's how it is with us in our lives. We forget who we are. We forget whose we are. We have amnesia. You got to start singing. 
And the thing is, the activists are singing, I believe that we will win. And so you got to start singing. Because you're a Christian. You're accompanied by God. See, God to give you a song. God saying, we believe we will win. Amen. So, what's James Earl Jones when you need him? Or Oprah. I, we believe that we will win. Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. See, God believes. Think about that for a moment. God really believes this thing, y'all. Can you imagine how deep that is? God believes in victory. What would it look like to get a feel of that? What would it look like to taste that? To get just a little bit of smidgen, a little bit of corner, a little bit of, you know, a teaspoon of how God, how much God really believes this thing. Every time God gives you a song, that's exactly what you're doing. Amen. Amen. And so we just thank God today. This way, if you need a if you need an anthem, if you need a song, begin to labor before God. You know, I always tell folks, hey, Pastor, where do I start? Man, just start reading the Psalms. Let's read the Psalms. Start with this song. Begin the number. You know, this, this, this is going to be a hard part of your trying to discern what your anthem is in this season. Number all the things. List all the things that oppose you right now. This, it, whether internal or external to you. Begin to enumerate and list all the things that oppose you in your life. And say, God, what are you doing? How, how will we fight this? How are you, are you going to fight this, God? God will begin to give you a song. He may give you an original song, or God might just point you to the scriptures and say, sing this. Sing this until you set on fire. Sing this until the fight wakens up in you. Amen. Some of y'all, the fight ain't woke up yet. The fight ain't it's still in slumber. The, the fight's still in a coma in your heart. So you got to sing the songs. You got to sing the scriptures to wake it up. To wake up the fight. Commune with the Holy Spirit. You know, I'm in a season in my own life, in my prayer life, I don't say a whole lot of words now. I'm not saying I've achieved some kind of just, I just don't have words sometimes, y'all. I ain't got nothing to say except thank you, Lord. Yeah. Amen. I pray for, you know, I pray for the saints. I pray for the church. But it's like, you know, this season's, yo, this season, and sometimes Christians got to be relieved of this burden. They're, all prayer, you can have wordless prayers. Because ultimately what prayer really is, is just communing with God. Just sitting with God. You ain't got to share no words. You ever fell in love with somebody so deep, y'all could be together in a room somewhere. Or somebody, any of you, somebody that you're in love with, or somebody that you love dearly, and you can spend time together, ain't a word got to be shared. So it is with God. You know, some people's like, Pastor, I don't know how to pray. But I'm like, you know how to be with people, don't you? God's people. I mean, God's a person. God is a living reality. You can just sit there. And you're like, God, I don't know what to say, but I'm here. And if that's all you got, praise the Lord. Y'all feel better about that now? Feel me like, I don't pray, Pastor. I don't know what to say to God. Just sit there. 
Say thank you. Tell God what you're dealing with. Tell God about your circumstance. And if you're really bold, complain to God yourself. People say, Saint church folks, like, you can't complain to God. You better read your Bible. We think Jesus is doing that cross. And he said, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani. In the Aramaic, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That is righteous complaint. Jesus complained on the cross. He said, God, you didn't left me. Why have you left me, God? If Jesus can complain, so can you. It's called righteous complaint. It's real. Google it. And there's a whole bunch of theological literature on it. It's okay. If all you got is a complaint, if all you got, and the thing is, it ain't always got to be bad, right? You can tell God, thank, God, thank you for the triumph. God, thank you for this good time. God, thank you for uh, my baby making across that graduation uh, stage. God, thank you for the struggle. God, thank you for my relationship. Thank you for my friends, God. Thank you for the brothers and sisters who are ride or die that will support me no matter what, God. I just thank you, God, for all those things. God, I thank you for life. God, I thank you for uh, your love. God, I thank you for being present with me when nobody else can be or is. If that's all you got, then say it. But God's got an anthem for you, brothers and sisters. There's a song in cue. You just got to listen for it. And when you hear it, sing it. Sing it to yourself. Sing it in your private time. It's all right. It's all right. Amen. That's my time to go. Amen. <laughs>